What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson. And the New York Giants have some holes to fill in their coaching staff. One of the biggest ones this offseason for them to address is the offensive line coach position. Now, of course, the Giants went ahead and they fired Bobby Johnson. He was the offensive line coach for the past two seasons under Brian Dable. He was a Dable guy. Dable hired him because they had shared connections through their time in Buffalo. But Bobby Johnson didn't get the job done. What we saw from the Giants' offensive line this this season was inexcusable it was so bad we know that the Giants offensive line has been terrible for years it seemed like it got worse than ever this past season and what we really saw that was concerning was a lack of development we saw multiple young Giants players get an opportunity to start games to play significant minutes and they just crumbled under the pressure and they showed zero development like Evan Neal being the main uh, glaring weakness on that offensive line second year player former top 10 overall pick and he was out there and looked like a worse version of himself from his rookie season. So you look at all that, the Giants offensive line, it was a struggle this season, man. Brian Dable made the right decision to fire Bobby Johnson, but now the search is on for the next offensive line coach for the New York Giants. Who will it be? Well, recently they tried to get Dwayne Ledford from the Atlanta Falcons. That was reportedly blocked. He's not going to be interviewing with the New York Giants because the Falcons aren't going to let him. But there are still some other candidates to keep an eye on that a couple of them we're kind of excited about and think would be really good hirings for the New York Giants. Others, not so much. But we'll go through some of these candidates in today's episode. But before we dive into all that, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you listen to Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. Without further ado... Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And before we dive into some of these specific candidates, I just kind of want to get your overall sense on the New York Giants offensive line. What do you think really went wrong for them, and how much of a part do you think that Bobby Johnson played in the downfall of this unit this season? Well, I'm doing pretty good, and listen, um, I think we can all come to the very easy conclusion that the Giants fail miserably to develop young talent. Um, you know, we're going to talk about one guy here, Carmen Brasillo, um, Bricolo, whatever, how do you say his last name? Um, I I think that if you look at the Las Vegas Raiders offensive line, you know what you're going to see? A lot of fifth-round picks, a lot of late-round draft capital, so, a couple of high-round draft capital, but a lot of mid-round. And they've developed that line into what was last year an above-average unit. So what's the most important thing for an offensive line? Developing talent. Uh, the Giants are horrendous. And when I say horrendous, I mean uh, something I've never seen before. You know, if you've ever seen the mist, this is what came out of it. The lack of development. It's really awful. Like, it's something that if you want to build a successful, sustainable organization, you need to have coaches that develop talent. We do have some of those guys. Andre Patterson, uh, Jerome Henderson. We have some really solid guys in, in that respect. However, you know, you look over at our offensive line coaches, we've been turning those over every couple of years along with the head coaches. They've failed miserably. And the offensive line is arguably one of the most important positions in the game, one of the most important positional groups. And failing to develop a first round talent, you know, failing to develop second round talents or third round or fourth round talents. And the only guy that pans out is Andrew Thomas, who did it on his own off the field with his own trainers. That is problematic. We know that the Giants fired Bobby Johnson because he didn't get the job done. We know that he is really good friends with Brian Dable, and he fired his ass anyway. That should tell you a lot about what they think they need right now. 
We're going to talk about some of these guys. Um, but yes, like to answer your question, it's all about being able to develop young talent. The Giants have failed miserably to do that. They need a guy who is going to teach these men how to become great players and not only become great players tangibly, but to believe in themselves, have confidence. How many times have you seen Giants offensive linemen hanging their head? How many times have you seen them fire back in the media? I mean, Evan Neal last year with a sheep comment. You know, how many times have you seen the Giants offensive line lack leadership until we got Justin Pugh and somehow we, we, this guy off the bench? off the freaking couch is the guy that's somehow it's inspiring and sparking a little bit of leadership in that room. That is ridiculous to me. That is insane. The offensive line coach needs to be a leader. He needs to be a, a teacher. And we haven't had a guy like that in quite some time. If the Giants want to get that that unit together, it's going to start with finding a, a, a guy who can accomplish those things. Not to say that Bobby Johnson isn't capable. I just don't think he was the right fit based on the obvious statistical results that we did witness this past season. Yeah, I mean, he definitely wasn't the right fit. Like, listen, Bobby Johnson, I always liked him in interviews. Like, I liked the way that he spoke. I kind of liked his demeanor and everything. So I don't have, like, any problem with Bobby Johnson. Hate that anybody got fired. I wish that, you know, he performed well enough to keep his job. But unfortunately, the results, it's a results-based business in the NFL. The results said that he had to go and they had to find someone new to step in. So they did have their first interview yesterday, Alex, with an offensive line coach candidate. Carmen Bricolo, offensive line coach for the Las Vegas Raiders for the past two seasons. He's been with the Raiders. Before that, he was an assistant on the New England Patriots staff under Bill Belichick. He started out as an assistant offensive line coach, took over as their primary offensive line coach a couple seasons ago before following Josh McDaniels over to the Las Vegas Raiders. So now over the past two seasons with the Raiders, though, Carmen Bricklow has done a pretty solid job. And again, this is the first guy that the Giants have interviewed. They will probably interview more candidates for the position. I would hope so. They really should cast a wide net get to know everybody, everybody who's out there and available. I would like to see the Giants do their due diligence on this position because, again, it's very important that they get it right this time. We've had a lot of offensive line coaches over the past several seasons. None of them have panned out. they got to get it right. So Carmen Bricolo, would he be getting it right? In my opinion, yeah. I've seen a lot of Giants fans kind of push back at the Carmen Bricolo idea, saying that it's kind of not a creative, it's not like a swing for the fences type hiring. I don't think the Giants necessarily need to swing for the fences. We're going to talk about Mike Munchak in this episode because he is the swing for the fences guy. He's a Hall of Famer. He's been with some of the best offensive lines ever. Yeah, sure, I would love to see the Giants swing for the fences with Mike Munchak, but honestly, Carmen Bricklow might be a better fit, and I think that he's a damn good coach. If you look at his results, right, we were talking about looking at the results on paper for Bobby Johnson's unit. Let's look at the results on paper for Carmen Bricklow. Bricolo's unit over in Las Vegas. And the number one thing that I want to point out here, the Raiders weren't playing offensive line with this amazing well of talent. Like if you look at the Giants, they have two first round picks on their offensive line, a second round pick, a couple third round picks. Like they have some pretty stacked talent all over the place. They have a former first round pick now as well um, with Justin Pugh technically. He's a veteran, so it doesn't really count. But if you look around the Giants offensive line, They've invested a lot into that unit, a lot of high draft picks, top 100 draft picks, a lot of top 10 draft picks. They've really done everything that they could to acquire talent, but again, it hasn't developed. But if you take a look at the Las Vegas Raiders offensive line, there's not a well of talent there. They had a first rounder from 2018 at their left tackle spot. Left guard, they were playing a third rounder. Center, undrafted free agent. 
right guard, undrafted free agent, and right tackle, a fifth rounder. So there was not some serious influx of draft capital spent on that Raiders offensive line, and it still managed to be a top 10 unit in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. So I know that some fans aren't thrilled by the idea of Carmen Bricolo, but I think that he's got some really good results on paper. That Raiders offensive line was pretty good last year. It ranked top 10 in pass protect- protection. It, it was solid um, in the running game, according to the PFF grades. And really just overall, it was a good unit. And there was a lot of young players on it who were performing well. And there were other players who weren't highly touted draft picks, didn't step into the NFL with a ton of talent, but they still stepped onto the Raiders field and they played good football. And I think that's a testament to Carmen Bricolo. Um, so I like Carmen Bricolo. Alex, I'm going to let you get your chance to, talk, to speak on him. Uh, one last stat that I'll throw out there for Bricolo. If you look at the Raiders offensive line the past two seasons under him, 75 total sacks across those two years, 35 in 2022, 40 in 2023, compared to the New York Giants offensive line. 134 sacks the past two seasons, 49 in 2022, 85 this past season, as we all know, historically bad year for the Giants. But I think that those numbers combined with some of the other numbers that I mentioned, the Raiders had a good offensive line these past two years. I think Carmen Bricolo deserves a lot of credit for that. Alex, how are you feeling about Carmen Bricolo, the first guy that the Giants have interviewed for the O-line coach job? Um, well, I actually like this one, and a lot of people are questioning, as you referenced, and um, look, I'm going to read you something that Art Stapleton posted um, on NJ.com, and this is what he said. Bricolo specifically had a quote that I, I really resonate with, and it's kind of right in line with what I think the Giants desperately need. As you said, there's a lot of low mid-draft picks, like there's a lot of late mid-round guys on that offensive line that have panned out now. I mean, one of those guys is a former journeyman, Greg Van Roten. He's ha- he just came off one of his best seasons. Um, and listen, like we couldn't even get some really good talent to perform. But these this guy was getting freaking Greg Van Roten, who's been with the Jets and the Patriots and this and there, somehow to perform at an above average level. That's a pretty good sign to me. Um, this is the quote that I like though. Uh, specifically about developing talent. That's one of my core philosophies. Your coach, uh, your goal should be constant improvement. I know as a coach, I'm always trying to get myself better. You expect that of yourself, especially at your position. The nature of the position is such a developmental one, you never have it. The skill set and the things that are required to do the position well are not normal, so you really have to work at them. The development is never done. Again, just words. You don't know, it, we're just hearing things. Um, you want to see it tangibly. And here's the thing, though. He said those words, and it tangibly shows on their statistical output. It tangibly shows on what they accomplished this past season protecting the quarterback position and opening up a running game. Um, The Las Vegas Raiders, look, I think objectively the Giants have more talent on this offensive line. Like, Andrew Thomas is better than Colton Miller. Evan Neal's a first-round draft pick. John Michael Schmidt is a second-round draft pick. I think Ben Bredesen is actually a decent player. Um, I'd like to see what happens this upcoming offseason in in the sense that we're probably going to bring in somebody, a veteran free agent. I love Kevin Seidler. You guys know this. If I am, you know, Carmen Bricolo and I get hired by the Giants, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, there's some decent talent there. What's going on that they can't develop them? You know, why are they struggling to take steps forward? That's the, if I'm Brian Dable, that's what I'm asking him in, in, the, in the interview. How do you plan to, to streamline their development? We've had, we've had problems getting these guys to, you know, combine their footwork and handwork together in unison. We've had trouble with their reaction timing. We've had trouble with them understanding um, how to get out of their kick step or, you know, lock down in the trenches. Like, we, we're having trouble figuring out 
how to find that cohesion. We need a leader there that's going to help them develop at the same time. What is your plan? Um, that's kind of what I'd be asking. Like, what is your plan to get the most out of these talents? Because these guys, John Michael Schmitz is stupid talented. Evan Neal, the guy we saw at, at Alabama, we're watching a different player now. Like, straight up, he's a different player. His athleticism looks like it's taken a step in the wrong direction. His reaction timing looks like it's off. He has gotten worse. And that's actually surprising because of how talented he could be. Um, I, I do believe that there's talent to unlock there. Maybe he gets transitioned into guard and becomes a good guard, and you have a new offensive line coach to help him support that. Uh, but, you know, what is your what is your kind of, you know, first reaction, first impression off of Carmen? Personally, I like the idea that his entire focus is on, like, the work is never done. You always have to keep developing. And we saw him do it with some really suspect talent in Las Vegas. So I think that there, it's not just words. You've actually seen it on paper. That's something I do like about him. Um, but, you know, what, what is your initial thought? I really like Carmen Bricolo. Like I said, I mean, I, I threw some stats out there and I mentioned all the things that I really like about him. I think he would be a good hiring. You look at his resume and it's solid. It's well built. I mean, it's it's pretty brief. He hasn't been coaching for super long. I think he started coaching in the NFL in 2019, so he doesn't have a ton of experience to fall back on. But his past couple of seasons, he's really gotten the most out of the talent that he's been coaching. And he's put some really good units out on the football field. And it says a lot. Again, like we've been saying this whole episode, the Giants have some young players that have yet to realize their potential. They need a coach who knows how to get them to develop and reach their potential. And I do think that Carmen Bricolo could be that guy for them. So I like Carmen Bricolo. We're going to mention some other guys. I'll bring up another name in just a second here. But I will say if the Giants end up hiring Carmen Bricolo, I'm going to be happy about it. Am I going to be like over the moon? No, because I'm going to be cautiously optimistic no matter who the Giants hire. I don't care who they hire. I don't care if they get Mike Munchak, who we'll discuss next. I don't care if they get a Hall of Famer in here. I'm still cautiously optimistic because we've been looking at terrible offensive line play year in and year out and for one reason or another it always fails we bring in a new coach it fails so I'm not going to get my hopes up no matter what I'm going to be excited about who they hire but I'm not going to be overly excited I'm going to get cautiously optimistic but again I do give a positive review to Carmen Bricklow I think that that would be a solid hiring for the Giants it's the first one so it's not going to be the last one that they interview but if they do ultimately end up hiring Carmen Bricklow I think he'll be a good pick so now let's talk about the next guy, Hall of Famer. This is who a lot of Giants fans want to see the team hire. You would have to pay him probably millions and millions. You'd have to unload the Brinks truck to get Mike Munchak. Um, if you look at his resume, it can't be any better. Like This is the resume that you want as an NFL coach. He's been with some of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Coached for 14 years for the Oilers and Titans. He was there during the merger. Took over as their head coach for several seasons. Then went back to coaching offensive lines with the Steelers for five years. The Broncos for four years. He's been with some of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And he's had his hands all over them. And not to mention, he is one of the best offensive linemen ever in the NFL. He's a Hall of Famer for that regard as well. He was an all-pro offensive lineman himself. But Mike Munchak, one thing that I will say, I know Giants fans really like the idea of hiring him. He hasn't been coaching since 2021. He's taken a couple of years off. Um, he's expressed interest in returning to coaching for the right job in the right situation. So yes, I think the Giants should have some interest, probably try and reach out to him for an interview. But I do have more caution to the winds to be thrown for Mike Munchak than I do even for a guy like a Carmen Bricolow, Alex. And I know that might be surprising to you, but I would prefer Bricolow. Like, that's my early take. Maybe it's a hot take. I know most Giants fans are going to say, no, it's Mike Munchak. You give him the bag, you hire him. Guy is pretty old, and he hasn't been coaching for a couple years. I'm not sure if he's a fit with what the New York Giants are building culture-wise, 
uh, in this building under Brian Dable. I think that Carmen Bricklow, clearly, like if you look at him, he looks like Brian Dable. He's Brian Dable mini-me. So <laughs> that's perfect fit, I think. And I know Dable knows him because of the Patriots connection that they have. Uh, but then outside of that, with Mike Munchak, I just think that that's a guy who comes in commanding a lot of respect. We just saw a little bit of a power dynamic struggle with Wink Martindale and Brian Dable. Munchak as a former head coach and as a Hall of Famer, highly respected uh, person, um, he might step in and I think it could maybe be a little bit of an imbalance of power. Maybe he doesn't want to work underneath a head coach who's so new to the game like Brian Dable, only in his third, going into his third season. I don't know if it's a fit for Mike Munchak. I think if I had to bet on it, Munchak, if he does return, it's going to be with the Steelers under Mike Tomlin, who already he already knows and respects. That makes sense for a guy like Munchak. But joining a New York Giants football team with a really young coaching staff with Brian Dable leading it, I don't know if this is the decision that Munchak would make to come out of retirement for, basically. So that's kind of like my caution to the wind here, Alex, but I'm, I'm curious to get your take. I, I think you might have a, a different take you've mentioned multiple times on the show. Throw as much money as you can to the best candidate possible. That would be Mike Munchak based on his resume, but I don't know. I, it's hard to say because we're not in the building. We don't know these guys, but I have like my reservations about him potentially not fitting in with what the Giants are building culturally. Look, Money Munchak, uh, I do believe that he's probably going to get paid uh, a substantial amount if he's convinced to come out of retirement. There's two things that I think are true um, when it comes to a guy like this, right? I, I think that someone who's coming out of retirement isn't – man, I'm trying to put myself in those shoes. I wouldn't want to be coming out of retirement unless I was getting paid a lot of money that I couldn't refuse – and it was challenging. You know what I mean? He's 64 years old. I don't think that guys like, I mean, yes, you could walk into a really high-paying job, cushy job, good offensive line, or good pieces. You just have to coach him up. But I feel like those guys, you know, he's getting a little older. Like, why not face a challenge? Like, why not have a challenge of, like, fixing something that nobody else has had is had the success fixing? Um, the Giants are, like, one of those teams that's, like, you can't, they can't figure it out. Like, no matter how many people, how much money, how much capital, they can't figure it out. Mike Munchak is, like, you know, would be an awesome player, awesome person to have. One because he's experienced. He's a former, you know, he's he's a Hall of Fame level guy, um, and obviously he has substantial experience as both. A head, I mean, his head coaching tenure was not as good, but I think his offensive line coaching. Um, he, you're not going to find any more uh, anyone more knowledgeable about the position, about the group. So with that being said, um, you know, if you can throw the bag at him, sure. Again, he, like yeah, he's been retired since 2021, so he hasn't been in the game for two years. The game has changed a lot in those two years. I don't think it's changed to a degree that's like, okay, like it's going to compromise his ability to coach these players. I think it's more so like fundamentals and whatnot. Um, but again, you know, I think that you look at Carmen Bricolo and you say to yourself – this guy's coming off a good year with underwhelming talent. Like, that offensive line over there in Vegas is is not good on paper. You know, you look at them on paper, like, these guys are, like, fifth-round picks, seventh-round picks, like, third-round picks, like, one first-round pick. And they were – they ranked 12th in pass pro this year, guys. The Giants have two first-round picks and a second-round pick on their starting offensive line. The fact that they're not elite is mind-boggling to me. So that's like kind of where I ask the question – um, bring in the best talent developer, best, um, you know, end, end of the day, like the, be the, the best developmental coach, that is the guy I want. Um, now, Bricolo has more recent experience and more recent success. That's a point for him. Munchak has decades worth of experience and success. Point for him. Um, again, how, again, he's older. He's, he retired. How much energy does he really have to 
build up this unit, invest the time to develop. I question that. Then that's that's kind of my question. I think if he comes out of retirement, he's committed. But why would he? You know, he's already had an illustrious career. He ended it on a bright note. Why would he come out of retirement? I think like we can throw the name out as much as we want, but it doesn't make it realistic. Um, that we haven't even heard any links. Of course, like everyone's like, oh, we, we love this guy, but there's been no connection to actually interviewing Mike Munchak. None, zero. So we don't know if that's even realistic. Um, what we do know is that Carmen Bricolo is realistic. They've interviewed him already. There are guys that are actually available that we know of that we that they've been linked and that they have interest. So you know, we're kind of talking pipe dream here for Munchak. Um, Bricolo seems like a much more realistic alternative and he's coming off a great season developing a line that was on paper well below average in my opinion. So, um, in terms of just the names they have across that, across the board. So, you know, that's kind of my personal take right now. He got a lot of value out of journeyman options. I think he figured out a way to keep that group together, keep them healthy and keep, and you know, the jets are going that uh, Keith, whatever his name is, Keith something over the Jets offensive line coach, the pay, the players hate him. Like they want him gone. And, and, you know, you, you, you ask yourself, um, you know, at least we don't have that situation. The Jets offensive lines, you know, right behind us in terms of right above us. It's like 31, 32. Uh, but the Giants have an opportunity to go get a really good coach right now. I think they have to expand their search, do their due diligence, ask the right questions. But I, I trust that Jable will make the right decision because listen, he just fired his good buddy, Bobby Johnson with the sole purpose of finding the right coach. I don't think they're going to just hire any coach because of a connection, because of this, because of that. They're going to do their due diligence and find the guy that gives them the best chance of building a successful offensive line. You don't fire one of your best buddies to not accomplish that goal. Um, so, you know, that's kind of my, my, my take on the situation at the current moment. I think it's a good take on the on the situation, and I'll, I'll kind of build off of it, though, and throw another couple of candidates out there. Like, I like your take. I know we're kind of in agreement. I'm actually surprised. I thought that you were going to be like, throw all the money you can at Mike Munchak, but I think you're leaning towards Carmen Bricola being a good hiring, um, like I am. I think that he's a great idea, but I'll throw some other candidates out there as well. Um, we only know of Carmen Bricola as being the guy that the Giants have interviewed so far, but another person that I think that they should try to interview. I'm going to throw out a little bit of a curveball here, Alex. I'm not sure if you know this guy, Scott Huff. He's the offensive line coach for the Washington Huskies, Michael Penix Jr.'s unit, and they have built just a ton of talent from the offensive line. Washington's offensive line has been stellar year in, year out, and if you take a look at some of the talent that's coming in next season, even more offensive linemen from Washington are going to be NFL uh, players. So he's won the Joe Moore Award as the nation's best offensive line, his unit did at least. Um, he's had seven offensive linemen that, he've co that he's coached at Washington make it to the NFL. And again, that number is going to grow after this upcoming NFL draft. So Scott Huff, offensive line coach of the Washington Huskies, another name that I think the Giants should add to their shortlist and reach out to for an interview. This could be an up-and-coming talent, a guy I don't think he has any NFL coaching experience from what I understand only at the collegiate level with Washington, but that could be a really outside of the box and smart hiring for the Giants. Go after a guy who develops talent. I mean, he's developed numerous college players into NFL players, and I think considering the youth that the Giants have on their offensive line, these guys aren't super removed from college, so maybe it would make sense to get a collegiate coach in there to start coaching at the NFL level, take some of these young guys, and develop them further. I kind of want to hear your take on that. I know that you don't know a ton about Scott Huff. This is the first time I've mentioned him to you, So, but I, I want to hear your, your take on kind of the idea of getting a coach who has that college experience right now. I mean, extreme college success as well, but kind of having that ability to coach those younger players since the Giants offensive line is mostly comprised of young talent. 
Um, you know, I think I'd rather go in the direction of proven um, at this point, simply because I, I, I just I, I struggle to. If we're gonna really go out and fix this thing. I'd really like to get a guy who's done it at the NFL level. You know, if, if we were coming off like our line was good, our players were developed, our continuity was there, I'd be okay taking a shot on a guy that was a little bit younger that had a good situation to go into. Like, for example, I'll use the same exact concept for like a rookie quarterback. Um, someone presented the argument today on – and you, I think you actually quote tweeted it for New England – like they're going to be tra- drafting a rookie quarterback into a really bad system, like really bad infrastructure, um, bringing in a really raw offensive line coach to and bringing him into a really bad infrastructure it spells trouble to me. Um, I think I'd rather go after someone with a little bit more experience and a guy like honestly like Brickelo that's been able to maximize less than ideal talent. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Done it at the yeah. NFL level, has that experience, similar to the concept of like bringing in a quarterback into a really bad situation is going to stunt their growth. Yeah, I, I, I like where your head's at on that one because so I like Scott Huff. I think that's a cool out-of-the-box idea, but I'll agree with you in the sense that a rookie NFL coach going and coaching young offensive linemen, I like the fact that Carbon Bricklow is experienced, but he's not overly experienced. You know, he doesn't have 15 years of experience bogging him down. He's only been coaching at the NFL level for four years. So I think that that's a nice, happy medium, a perfect balance of he's still young and innovative and forward thinking, hopefully. Um, and he has some NFL experience. So I'm still leaning towards Bricklow, but I wanted to throw Scott Huff out there. I thought that was a, a good idea I read online. Um, and again, he is arguably the best offensive line coach in college football right now. He's a tremendous talent, so he's going to get the bag somewhere at the NFL level one day um, or probably get a head coaching job somewhere in college someday. But I thought that he was a cool idea for the Giants if they did want to go dip their toes into the collegiate uh, coaching pool. But another candidate that I will mention, just because I've seen him mentioned everywhere, and I immediately just want to shoot this one down and tell you guys I think this would be a terrible idea. You'll be you'll be familiar with this name, Dave DeGuglielmo. He was here with the Giants several seasons ago. He was here with the Giants several years before that. So he had his first stint with the New York Giants 2004 to 2008 uh, as the Giants offensive line coach when they won Super Bowl 42 over the New England Patriots, right? He left, he went, and he coached a few other teams, offensive lines all around the NFL. He always has good units. He's very well-respected in the league. He's got a great resume. I don't want to retread personally. Anybody who touched the New York Giants offensive line within the last four years, I don't want to see anywhere close to the Giants offensive line going forward. That's just how I feel about it. Call it PTSD. Call it whatever you want. I don't want Dave DeGuglielmo here simply just because he's been here before. And I know that might not be fair. I've advocated for in-house hirings on the defensive end for the defensive coaching or defensive coordinator position, but that's not what I want on the offensive line. I want the offensive line to bring in somebody new, a fresh face to coach this unit. And I think that Dave DeGuglielmo, an older guy, again, great resume, has coached some really good units in the past. He's not my pick. Um, One positive that I'll say about him, when he was here in 2020, he took over after Mark Colombo beat the brakes off of Joe Judge. So then Mark Colombo got fired, and Dave DeGuglielmo stepped in as the offensive line coach. What I will say is that was Andrew Thomas's rookie year, and after the firing of Mark Colombo and the hiring of Dave DeGuglielmo, Andrew Thomas started to take that step forward and started playing a lot better. So you can make an argument that bringing DeGuglielmo in here, familiar face for Andrew Thomas, has a little bit of, uh, definitely still has connections in the building. He's been a New York Giant for like ever, and he's been around this building many, many times. So I think that he's a coach that could maybe step in and you could argue 
would help Andrew Thomas and be a familiar face for him, and that's a positive. But outside of that, I don't see the vision on this one. I've seen him in every article about the New York Giants offensive line coach candidates. Dave DiGuglielmo keeps getting brought up. But personally, I don't like the idea. Another factor to, to consider, Dave DiGuglielmo is known for being kind of like how Bobby Johnson had the dirtbag nickname. I don't know if it's a nickname that Dave DiGuglielmo wears on his chest, but I'm sure people have given it to him because he has an abrasive personality like he is one of those aggressive abrasive guys and we just saw how that went with Wink Martindale it doesn't make sense to me Dave DiGuglielmo is immediately taken off my short list I don't know if the Giants have him on theirs probably do because of the connections to the organization but he should be taken off in my eyes I don't think that he's a good candidate he's not the right guy for the job in my mind especially because of his abrasive personality and I don't see it meshing well um, it didn't mesh well uh, from what we heard with Joe Judge I don't think it meshes well with Brian Dable two, two totally different guys but even still I think DiGuglielmo He's a little bit too commanding, a little bit too abrasive. I don't think he's a good fit. So, Alex, I'll let you have your chance here uh, to talk about DeGuglielmo. I'm sure you're in the same boat as me and eager to shoot this one down and say this would be a bad idea. We've gone down the path of DeGuglielmo before. I think they brought him in as, as like a, you know, assistant years back. And uh, I don't think we saw much improvement. So, you know, I know he's respected. I know he has a lot of experience. I actually, I, my gut, my gut feeling is I actually like Bricolo. Um, many people may disagree with me here. And that's fine. Because uh, we don't know how it's going to turn out, but my I, I feel something like Bricolo is a good dude in this position because it sounds to me like he's a really big collaborator, like he's he's big into collaboration, improvement, development, and that's really what we need. Um, he'll have a lot of young talent to work with, John Michael Schmitz being paramount, and Evan Neal too, and we may even draft some other guys, Josh Azudu. Like you know, we have some really decent young talent here. Um, I do like. The idea of him just because of the connection between like the tangible results and what he says. A lot of people say a lot of things and a lot of people fail to back that up. I think that he backed up what he says with actual results. Hard to find. And I think he did it recently. So that's kind of my take there. But to Google Elmo, we've gone down that path. Abrasive personalities, lack of collaboration. I think that's probably the wrong direction to go in. Yep, I'm in agreement with you. I don't like the idea of the Google ammo. Again, I like the idea of Scott Huff. I think that he's a solid option for the Giants. Carmen Bricolo is my pick. Even over Mike Munchak, I would prefer Carmen Bricolo. I know a lot of fans in the comments are probably going to say, no, Mike Munchak, you got to throw him the money. And I see that argument. Like, I get it and I understand it. But for me personally, I do really like the idea of Carmen Bricolo. I think that Dable obviously see something in him that's why he was the first candidate that they requested to interview and did interview and I think that you know Dable's probably got the right idea here but there's probably other candidates that we haven't mentioned yet uh, and we're going to continue to look into of course let us know down below in the comment section anybody else that you want us to dive into or anybody that's caught your eye as a potential candidate for the position again Dwayne Ledford from the Atlanta Falcons the request to interview him was blocked by the Falcons I thought that was so weird though Alex I do want to kind of give my take on that before we wrap up the Falcons don't have a head coach in, in the building right now. They fired their head coach. They're firing their entire staff, but for some reason won't let the Giants interview their offensive line coach. I think that's strange. What if the new head coach comes in and he's an offensive mind and he already has a hand-picked offensive line coach? So now what? Do the Giants have to wait until then, until they fire Ledford to even have a chance of interviewing him? I, I think it's a strange situation. I think it's bad business by the Falcons. I, the guy Ledford, he's got an opportunity here to step into an offensive line room for the New York Giants under Brian Dable and have a really good chance of growth. I don't think that the Falcons should have blocked that one. Like, if you're going to block interview requests for coordinators, I understand. But for assistant coaches, I thought that was strange. I don't know if you have an opinion on that, really, Alex, and if you want to give your take. I would have liked to see the Giants interview Ledford. Unfortunately, it sounds like that's not going to happen anytime soon, um, or probably not at all. But 
I don't know. I think that it was a weird decision from the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I mean, they must like him a lot. You know what I mean? They must really like the development their their players are showing, and they want to keep him. And you know, a lot of there's a lot of teams that will keep their you know individual player personnel. I mean, think about the Giants right now. Um, they've kept Jerome Henderson and you know a couple others, Thomas McGoffey, before he was just fired for years through multiple coaching staffs. So you know, I, I'm sure that the Giants have blocked opportunities for other for guys before because they wanted to keep him for the same exact job. Um, but I think the Giants are trying to poach him for the same exact job. And you know, the Falcons are like, we like this dude. He's not getting a, he's not getting a uh, like a job a promotion or anything like that. So like, we're not just gonna let them take are a guy that we value. I get it. Like, I get why they did it. If it was for a promotion, like he was getting like DC talks, you got to let him go. But if it's the exact same job, I feel like it's, it's reasonable to block that. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree if the Falcons had a head coach and the head coach was blocking it. But I just am like, who's making that decision of the head coach? They don't even have a co- head coach. Head coach, they might hire a new one, and he brings in his own offensive line coach, handpicked, and then, um, of course, Ledford becomes a free agent. So I think it's weird, but whatever. I, I agree with you. I see why they would want to keep their guy because Ledford is a really good coach, and that's probably why I'm salty about it because I thought he would have been a perfect pick for the New York Giants. He would have been a great hiring for them. But again, I'm really high on Carmen Bricklow. I like the idea of him. I think that Dable picks um, a good candidate right there, and we'll see who else he adds to it. And of course, we're going to update you guys on anybody else that the Giants add to their short list of offensive line coach candidates. It's going to be really exciting and really interesting. And of course, we're going to update you on this defensive coordinator position as well. Haven't heard any buzz yet. Giants haven't really made any requests to interview anybody at the time that we're recording this, but we'll see. I'm sure that that's going to change in the coming days and it's going to be really exciting. And we're going to continue to update you on everything about the New York Giants right here on Fireside Giants. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you listen to Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we will catch you all on the next one. Have a good one and let's go Giants.